It's actually a really good garlic bread. Garlic bread is my favorite food. I could honestly eat it for every meal or just eat it all the time without even stopping. <laughs> you get fat. No, why would I get fat? Bread makes you fat. Bread makes you fat? Hello and welcome to the Movie Mouthfuls podcast, a movie podcast with zero table manners. Each episode we'll be tucking into movies and the odd television show to chow down on some of the most iconic cinematic cuisine scenes in cinema history, as well as just about everything else we can get our hands on. And oh boy, are we uh, taking liberties this week. <laughs> as with all previous episodes, my name is Jordan, I'm the bloke trying to be known as the film fella online, and as per bloody usual, I'm joined by the UK's number one competitive eater of food. Just let's reiterate, it's food, okay? Beard meets food! Good afternoon. Afternoon. How you doing? Good. Good evening. Good afternoon. Hello. I thought it would be formal for a change. Oh right. Is that what we're doing? Yeah. I'll no. No. Just, I'm just gonna. I'll, well, I'm I mean, straighten up. But I've you, mics you, down here. You told me we've had a substantial uplift in um, the amount of people listening to this ridiculous podcast. Yeah, so it's I weird. Some, be some weirdo on internet mentioned us for like like ten seconds. Um, do yeah. you have a Do you have a beard? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, oddly yeah. handsome. Beard in a weird way. Something about waiting for his mate as well. Like uh, I've, I've got. <laughs> apparently, I've gone up in the world. Apparently, but uh, I should have said associate. <laughs> I, <laughs> just waiting for my uh, business associates to turn up for our radio broadcast. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, finally, we've gone from like what thirteen listeners to uh, apparently a, a well over one hundred and sixty of you that uh, keep coming back for more, according to the analytics that I've got. And I'm not sure why. Must be something wrong with you. I, I, yeah, I've got no idea. But yeah, thanks guys. We uh, we managed to uh, hit the lofty heights of the top eight in the entirety of the UK on Apple Podcasts for TV and film. That does sound pretty good. That sounds better than when you say 130 listeners. If yeah, you just say number eight in some kind of chart. Well, we've, we've had, we're up to 2k odd downloads already and we, we were nowhere near that uh, before that strange bloke on the internet mentioned it. So yeah, thanks for uh, joining us. I hope that we don't suddenly lose you all <laughs> during this you never know I was, to, to echo a line from the film we're going to discuss today i always knew that i personally rocked but i did not know that we rocked as a unit and now we have confirmation <laughs> <laughs> yes indeed um and as i mentioned before um obviously you'll have heard the the intro to this episode um hopefully you'll have clicked on it because you like said film as well or you want to know more about said film before we get into that we are kind of milking it a little bit, um, but again, uh, blaming our good other mate on YouTube that, um, you know, like we'll keep calling him as mate until he is one day our friend, hopefully. Uh, binging with Babish, did or a garlic bread r- files one. A, files a restraining order or some kind of <laughs> litigatory. Look, um, if he can do a soup. video to 10 million people that's a 17 second clip about garlic bread, we can surely talk about it for at least an hour or just under. If anyone's qualified to talk about garlic bread, 17 second scene or no, then it's me. I thought I thought you were going to say it's Mrs. Beard. Would it, I've no, got, I've got, I've got I, I, I literally <laughs> wrote a song about garlic bread. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like that's kind of um, the soft reason we're doing this, just so you can keep plugging the garlic bread song every now and again. I haven't got the jingle of it in the fact. I didn't know if we'd get I can, like, I'll do it a cappella near the end if you stay, stick around long enough. I should have got a written like confirmation from you that we could use it just in case we get in a legal battle with you <laughs> for using it. <laughs> you sue your own podcast. <laughs> Um, so yeah, what what film are we doing this week? In case people have just clicked and haven't decided to read for some reason. Well, today we are doing Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Sounds well, epic. The, the world's kind of condensed into seven people, but um, yeah, figuratively the world. 
So um, with that being said, and the fact that we are severely milking this episode and we probably should get on with it, thanks for everyone that's joined, as we've said, and let's jump into our general film chit-chat. Is it time for, time for the, the, the big um, heavy metal breakdown? In, indeed it is. Indeed heavy it metal! Is. Man. You live for that, don't you? I, sh- <laughs> I, I shouted a little bit there. I pretty killed the levels, but um, yeah, I love it. It, 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 it hits me... Deeper every week, <laughs> right in the thorax. Lee's just uh, deep in your soul with these chuggy, chuggy riffs. I want to meet it? Lee one day. One day, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll have to maybe do a guest episode, see if we can drag him on. We need to get a mic first. So. <laughs> but you can take that. over for, for me for an episode. <laughs> we, oh, we didn't apologize that we missed a week pretty much. Yeah, oh, yeah, good point. Yeah, before we, we I'm not taking on. the blame this time. And, well, I, I, I did propose an alternative <laughs> day, but yeah, I, I have been away, so. Uh, yeah, we will. We'll make it up to you hopefully in this episode and future ones. <laughs> Indeed. So, um, as is tradition, on uh, oh, we're on episode nine now, so we're nearly at a full ten episodes of this podcast. Do you want to tell folks what Scott Pilgrim versus the World is, if for any reason this film has passed them by? Yeah, well, I hope it hasn't passed you by. It did pass a lot of people by, though. It wasn't a a, a box office banger. Um, but I mean, I think that's personally a mistake. Anyway, I'll do the blurb because you always make ash of it and go on for like 15 minutes. So uh, yeah, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World is um, a comedy, kind of action comedy, comic book adaptation. It's a bit of a mashup of, uh, of a number of genres, but yeah, it's about Scott Pilgrim, um, as the name suggests, who's a neurotic slacker, average musician. So I feel kind of a kinship with him there. <laughs> he's, uh, he's 22, so he's if not at uni, I get the feeling he's probably recently left uni or college as they would call it out there it's like when you first met me yeah <laughs> lives in uh, in toronto which is a very nice city hoping to be going back there very soon actually and uh, he lives in what's basically a bedsit with his um his gay friend um I, I mentioned the fact that he's gay because they make a very big point of this in the film draw attention to his sexuality for some reason i'm not sure <laughs> yep. why um and he starts dating a, a chinese catholic high school chick um, for which he gets a lot of flack from his mates because he's an older guy, obviously. Um, and he um, he meets this uh, absolute worldie in uh, Ramona Flowers, who he kind of falls in love with, um, breaks up with his, I don't want to give the whole plot away, but breaks up with his newish girlfriend, but then must defeat seven evil exes in order to, uh, to date Ramona Flowers. And that's all set against the backdrop of um, his band competing in a Battle of the Bands contest. To presumably win some kind of recording contract, um, and I pretty much think I, I basically nailed it there. I don't think I could have done <laughs> yeah, any, just, any just down and walk out and leave. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Go watch it. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. Go watch it because this is an absolutely fantastic film. And as Beard touched on there, you can really, at this point you can call me Adam. It feels a bit weird that you call me Beard every time. Beard Adam thingy or you <laughs> like. <laughs> It'll it'll digress or something. It'll you know it'll end up being something terrible eventually. Anyway, what I was getting at is that the budget for this was sixty to eighty five million dollars. So it's not a huge budget, but it's an okay. It's, there's a lot of CG in this film. It's they squeezed a good. lot out of that budget. Sque- squeezed a lot because it's very 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 good. But sadly, it only made around forty nine million dollars. So it's considered a box office flop. Came out in two thousand and ten. Directed by um, absolutely fantastic director. If anyone is aware, Edgar Wright. I love Edgar Wright. It it is brilliant. Like uh, I think us Brits all sort of 
absolutely adore him as a filmmaker anyway, but in Not general... Not because he's, he's British. Well, you know, obviously he's, he's a very talented man, but I think there there is a very Britishness about a lot of his films. <laughs> Apparently... <laughs> a very uh, Britishness. Well, there is, isn't there? Like the Cornetto trilogy is obviously all set with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, and it's yeah, yeah. all sort of in UK specific locations. And you've got Baby Driver, which he's, he's done more recently, which is an American one. This was, I think, one of his first films that he did where he was casting Americans. And apparently he didn't want a single British person to audition for it. But um, the guy who plays the first Evil X actually managed to trick him. That's one of the facts that I've got. Like, they actually did the audition. Pretending he was not from London. He was from London in the end. So he did it in an interview later saying, oh, well, you know, I'm actually from London. So he managed to slip through the net. Thank you. But I mean, it it works. The film still works. Um, And yeah, he's got a new film coming out soon, uh, Last Night in Soho. So Edgar Wright, I'm a big, big fan. And uh, this film just showcases that he he could definitely do like an actual superhero film. It was meant to do the Ant-Man film. What is it with you and superhero movies, man? It's we my, it's my niche, it. isn't it? It's, it's my niche. I'm a niche, depending niche. on... Uh, yeah, well, yeah. I prefer niche. It's, it's, it's the niche, good thing about... Um, we, I, I, I get the feeling we'll probably get into discussing more of Edgar Wright's um, cinematography. Um, it's, called, it's called the Cornetto Trilogy for a reason. We could do all three. <laughs> yeah, as we go along. But what's good about this stuff is it's very kinetic. That's the wor- uh, yes. word I'd use to describe it. Yeah, There's a lot yeah. going on, lots of camera shaking and stuff. Really cool if you're into kind of filmmaking of any level... From you know home movies, not those kinds of scene, home movies. Scene transitions are really, really good in this film as well. Like yeah. how he changes from one scene to the next. And I mean the cast. I'll I'll let you start if you want. Like this this cast is is pretty spot on. It's pretty bang on. I'd yeah, say. man. They got they they looked out with this Michael Sarah. Um, At his peak of his sort of powers as well, Michael Sarah. That about kind of flipping. Uh, I, I, it's, it's what, you know, everyone's got a peak, haven't they? <laughs> he's probably still in his prime. What is he like? He's probably my age. But, no, but I mean, like in terms of his cinematic, like he's not really. He in was just much. in a lot of films back then. He did Arrested Development, yeah. and then he got into all the Fr- big fresh films. off the back of Super Bad and all yeah. that shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mary Elizabeth Winstead, hubba hubba. Yep. Uh, I don't. I want to sound like too much of a creep, but um, yeah. Uh, Kieran Culkin. Yep, the yeah, yeah. probably arguably more established Culkin brother now. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Evans, basically playing Clint Eastwood <laughs> from start to finish for some reason. <laughs> Brie Larson, Aubrey Plaza. Um, I don't know who else. Um, I'm missing someone. Did you say Anna Kendrick? I didn't. Anna? Brendan Ruth, Ralph. Yes, Brand- Brandon Ralph. Bill Hader is the uh, narrator as well. Thomas Jane How you, from Punisher. Yeah, How and uh, Nelson Franklin, who's in some more sitcom stuff as well. Mm. That, you know what I did? But, I mean, it's a little early for a tangent. Um, and pointless it's never observation. too early for a tangent on this podcast. Fire away. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, pointless observations are normally your area of expertise. Hey. But um, <laughs> what I did think when I was watching this now, I mean, I've seen this probably about 12 times because I love the film, but I noticed, I was thinking, you know what, how many of these people actually, it's kind of ironic that, they either went on to or were already in superhero films because, of course, it's a it, Scott Pilgrim is a, a a comic book. Well, it's a graphic novel um, yeah. aimed really at adults mm-hmm. um, by Brendan Lee O'Malley. Brian Lee O'Malley. Ah, yeah. Brian Lee O'Malley. I knew it was something O'Malley. Um, yeah, and um, yeah, I thought it was weird because you got like Chris Evans who was. It was literally the year after he became Captain. Sorry, this was a year before, and then a year after he became Captain well, America. Yeah. Prior to that, though, he was a Human Torch. Yes, correct. Yeah. Um, Thomas Jane was in Punisher. I, I mentioned yeah. that. Um, Brie Larson is. Um, is now Captain Marvel. Captain yeah. Marvel. Am I missing any? Uh, yeah. So Mary Elizabeth Winstead now plays the Huntress um, in the DCEU. She was in Birds of Prey. 
which we might do at some stage because there is a, a significant food scene in that. Right. Um, well, I mean, yeah. She was also John McLean's daughter, which probably makes her somewhat super heroic. Yeah. So yeah. Just a sidebar. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, Brandon Ralph, obviously the big one, is Superman Returns, all the CW shows that should have finished about six seasons ago. The soggy Superman. He didn't really do well with it. No, he was supposed to be a continuation, one of um, the originals, Christopher Reeves. That was supposed to be still Christopher Reeves' Superman. See, this is my niche. I, I know this stuff. Right, okay. It was meant Good. to be... It's like obviously, you can't have him anymore. It was Brandon Ralph was meant to play the same. Well, because version. he looked like him, or it, well, they tried to make him look a bit like him, didn't they? But yeah, I suppose they did. Yeah, it's, not, it's, it's a bit of a soggy film. Anyway. anyway, in conclusion of this particular <laughs> section, yes, the cast is very good and uh, kind of preeminent. They were, they were. Uh, I think that you got them at the right time, didn't you? With the, the, the casting, yeah, because um, they were all kind of just like I don't even think Aubrey Plaza done um, Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. And I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not making out like I'm a huge fan of that. But, um, great show. I'm not, I, I don't. I, I mean, I do like it, but I've never really given it the full. You know, plenty of food in that, and we we do mention at the beginning of this about food on TV. So yeah, yeah, we'll one day head I to know, Ron Swanson levels of fully meat aware, consumption. I, yeah, like <laughs> mostly I just like the Ron Swanson stuff. But um, it's where all the food's at, man. Yeah. <laughs> you touched upon about Brian Leo Malley. So this film is based. So Scott Pilgrim is a graphic novel, and he's a Canadian cartoonist, which is why it's all set in Canada. I know you know all this. It's for, for the listeners, obviously. Yeah. Six of the books were made between 2004 and 2010, and the title comes from the second book. Yeah, I did know but that, yeah. all of the books are, like, sort of touched upon in the film in don't some try, Don't try to school me on graphic novels. So I don't I, school I, you I did, on graphic novels. I, I, did my, I did my second dissertation on graphic novels. Here he is. At Masters. You can get it out at any good library if you, if you want to request it. There's only, <laughs> only two copies. <laughs> What's a library? No, <laughs> say, say some of our fans, maybe. I don't know. Shrug. <laughs> uh, do you want? Do, do you want? Do you want some facts? Go on, then, because I specifically avoided any any real trivia about this film because I know you get like aroused at the very notion of telling me things I don't know. So go on. Well, we, you were talking about Chris Evans and his superhero in us. Yeah, Chris um, Evans. He talks like that. This entire movie. He talks like this all the time. Lucas Lee. <laughs> Lucas Lee, yeah, yeah. It's fantastic, brilliant. Um, his stunt doubles for Lucas Lee are actually all Chris Evans's stunt doubles, and only a quarter of the doubles actually resemble Evans. Um, wait, wait, wait a second. In what, like in all of his films? Yeah, yeah it must be, yeah, according to... Who this... in God's name needs seven stunt doubles? Chris Evans. Well, I, I thought it was a joke because they get progressively less... The, even the main one doesn't really look yeah, like him. Yeah, but maybe you don't have all seven on set, no. Maybe they may be two of your other stunt doubles are stunt doubling for someone else or they're doing something and you just get a couple of them in. I don't know. I've lost a little bit of respect for him there. <laughs> Tom Cruise does all himself. <laughs> breaks his ankles doing Mission Impossible <laughs> 7 or whatever. Uh, you can't you can't lose any respect for Chris Evans. He's a great man. No, he's, he's and Especially in, in this film. He's just... You know, I, I, I know the reason he did this, they didn't think he was going to take... Uh, going to want the part. Mm. I think they considered... Um, oh, Guy's gonna be Batman. I've forgotten his name now. Robert Pattinson. All right. Um, but they asked Chris Evans, and he said, "Yeah, I love Edgar Wright. Let's just do it." Yeah. Which I thought was pretty cool, you know, because he's he was. I don't want to say he's like an A-lister then or whatever, but he's kind of. He was definitely. He's like an up and coming like yeah, yeah. sensation. One, I mean, he still is. Like he's still. He's not up and coming. He is a sensation now. But, but if they'd read that part to me though, and it was they just basically said you're gonna take the piss out of yourself from start to finish. You would. You get to. Can I do a voice? Like, can I do a voice like this all the time? Yeah, sure you can. Then yeah, why not do it? But um, I, I personally love when he um, is first introduced. Obviously, the, the scene of it, like he's first properly introduced 
on TV as he's walking out of the flat and he's like, the, his mate is watching the film, like the marathon or whatever. And he's probably cheesy, stupid, like, like, like die hard, but cranked up to like 11 levels of dialogue in that scene. I can't remember what he says. He's on phone to someone. It's just stupid. But when you first see him, and through this film, like you were saying, the way Edgar Wright uses like transitions, different camera angles, the pacing, the kinetic energy, like sounds, all, all of how he sort of makes the film. He uses the Universal um, Studios intro when he comes out of his trailer. It, isn't it, they, they do like an 8-bit the beginning one, the, uh, So the beginning of it, Edgar Wright's brother created that. So the beginning of the film, you get like a, an 8-bit or a 32-bit or whatever you Bit you want to call it eight, eight logo. bits just like it, it's not it, but yeah but it's eight bits kind of you know when you create the eight bit sound from old video games yeah they do the 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 for the universal yeah the um, universal like sound studios, yeah. uh, slogan thing and then when he comes out of his trailer you get the, the regular version but just as yeah. he's like walking across the lot like just not even paying attention to like anyone like he's the most dialed again to use the phrase dialed up to eleven like. He plays. We, we, we haven't really mentioned. We we done that thing where we just dive into it again. Yeah, yeah. He plays excited, one, of, man. one of yeah. I know. He plays one of Ramona Flowers, who is the central love interest of Scott Pilgrim, one of her ex evil ex boyfriends. Yeah. Um, and he's. It happens. That's revealed as you go through the film because the character that Chris Evans plays is like a movie star. Um, and it's it, he's mentioned as Jordan says earlier in the film. It shows Scott and you know watching one of his movies on TV. Um. And then later in the film, they, they appear at one of the movies that he's filming, and that's when the, the big showdown actually uh, actually yeah. happens. Which is, it's one of the shortest, but also one of the most entertaining, when he just dares him to do, like, I won't explain, <laughs> like, obviously, if you haven't watched this film, which some people might not have done, we really we really recommend that you do, but um, his... his um, defeat shall we say because uh, you imagine there is uh, an arc where scott obviously has to get through all these seven it's interesting it's funny <laughs> yeah i mean the, the, if you can suspend your disbelief that michael Sarah could beat chris evans in a fight for just <laughs> for a moment um it, it is it's quite funny <laughs> i mean one of the facts that i've got is that he doesn't actually defeat any of the other ones really maybe the final one but the first one he does by himself everyone else sort of helps him for every single other teamwork makes the dream work one one of the um things that you touched upon so like part of this is like the battle of band stuff um and they're they're um interestingly named band is uh sex bob a bomb or whatever bob, you know what a bob yeah, bomb is no, I don't actually. Oh, this is where you, I take you to school, boy. Go on. Bob bomb is the uh, the bomb from uh, Super Mario. Is that what it is? They're called bob bombs, yeah. Right, that Sex makes sense. Sex bomb. I'm not I'm, like I do play Mario, but not to the you extent came, where he, I would he, know. he comes with this big suite of facts. He whips out his like. <laughs> I'm a Sonic Do, the Hedgehog Doomsday guy. book of of trivia, and I, in I'm there, a Sonic he guy, know. bro. <laughs> nah, <laughs> not for me. It was always Mario. All, all about them rings. Um, so the four cast members uh, for their their band had to spend several weeks learning how to play all of the instruments. However, they were all learning to play from scratch. Michael Cera is actually quite bass. an established bass player, so he had to dumb down his bass playing so that he didn't outshine the I rest mean, of them. If you can play bass, Sid Vicious could play bass guitar. Let's not make that into a, a legitimate instrument. <laughs> At the risk of offending bass players. <laughs> one, of my, w- one of my, <laughs> one of my, uh, little, my little segues is that I've actually seen Michael Cera live in a band, um, oh, yeah. so Belgrave Music Hall um, in Leeds. Why was he was it there? Yeah, yeah. So he played with a guy called Alden Penner and the Unicorns. Um, he was like, an, he went on tour with them, but he wasn't like part of the band. It was just like a, 
he was like he's friends with him, so he went on tour. It was I'm sorry, Michael Sarah, if you ever listened to this. <laughs> sure he won't. Yeah, well, you never know, you never know. But um it wasn't it wasn't great. I didn't I didn't read it. On account of Michael Sarah or on account of the uh, yeah, rest of the band. Yeah, I kinda went because he was there and me and my mate were like, Oh, this is gonna be really cool and it was sold out show, it was like fifteen quid, got in there. You've been at Belgrave before. It's a really nice venue in Leeds, a bit hipstery. Got in a there bit. and it, well, yeah, just a, just a bit hipstery. We got in there and, uh, yeah, he started singing and, um, you know, because of how... Oh, he, he sings? Well, he was like singing, but like quite high pitched. And there was like the other guy what, was What, do you singing, think he's going to be a fucking like, baritone or something? No, but I, thought he was gonna be playing, stone? but I thought he was going to play like bass or like play. He was playing you, instruments, you didn't think but he was, was gonna, also you didn't singing think... as well. I thought the other guy was going to do the music and he was just part of the band a little bit. Oh, so you didn't but, think Michael Sarah would sing? Sing. No, and it just kind of, I was like, I, I spent 15 minutes in there, took a quick video to say, oh, I've seen Michael Sarah live, and then we left and went and got pissed up. <laughs> he seemed pretty well in uh, Superbad, you know, when they get him in that room in the yeah. back. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kind of has to, doesn't he? Otherwise, they're going like, yeah, to. Yeah, they're going to kill him or something, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's my uh, my closest connection to Michael Sarah <laughs> I've had. Speaking of, uh, have we got time for, well, not really. Uh, We've got plenty uh, of time, man. <laughs> a diversion, but. um. Since we're talking about music, how good is the soundtrack for this? It's brilliant. It's yeah. it's pretty cool. You got um Beachwood Sparks doing the the Sade song, um by your side. Think I'll leave your side, baby. You know me better than so that. That's what he wants to do. He's gonna he's gonna just transition into serenading me for. Well, so. you know, I'm quite. We've been what we've been recording. What feels like about twenty minutes now. And I haven't even broke into the garlic bread song yet. Oh, he's mentioned so you it. can count your lucky stars. <laughs> Bing! We should have got like a little bell. <laughs> the garlic bed, but the garlic bell <laughs> sounds disgusting. Actually, did you know that garlic bell? <laughs> Less said about that. I'm not yeah, that let's smelly. move away from that one. <laughs> did you know, by the way? Um, I've got. I'm dropping the trivia this week. That um, so the uh, one of the bands on the soundtrack is a band called Metric, right? Um, and they. The the character that Brie Larson plays, who's mm-hmm. his evil, who's Michael uh, Scott Pilgrim's evil ex girlfriend, like, yeah, his ex that sent him. Spiraling. She's now in like a famous rock band. She's yep. based on the like a, a caricature of the lead singer of that band, Metric, right. and they used one of Metric's songs for Brie Larson's character's band when they right. play Battle of the Bands. Right, right. And they re-recorded a version with Brie Larson singing, and I think she sounds better than the original singer. Oh, wow. That's, that's painful, isn't it, if you were there? I know. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's, uh, check you out rolling in with the facts, but you, you, you are an avid fan of this film, so I would expect no, no less. You know, yeah. you kind of have to. You're welcome. To. You're welcome. <laughs> um, I also found it to do with Brie Larson um, that for this film, you know the way that she talks in it is quite, Sort of sexual. Sort, yeah, no, no I either you know, semi the whole time. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? There is a very um, a, let's not be around the book. There's a very porn star esque way that she talks on purpose in the film because obviously she's playing this. Uh, she's supposed to be like an uber she's like what he used to want right she's she's like a traditionally attractive kind of like uber sexy blonde bombshell yeah so she speaks a little bit like a a, like a very like a marilyn monroe from a from you know she really gives it a lot of um a lot of juice yeah well well, she got that from she attended the adult film awards um like like, you know just to see she usually attended it or she watched it is that the excuse i just went just to see (laughs) She watched it and she she took 
apparently took inspiration from any of the female, uh, we'll say, actors, actresses, I don't, stars, whatever, who went up. Um, the way that they sort of presented the speeches and how they carried themselves. So that's what she then took and used as part of her character. Um, she never read like Scott Pilgrim as a graphic novel or anything. She just wanted to be in a film. Like you said, um, Chris Evans wanted to be a part of a Edgar Wright film, so she jumped at it. But that was her um, sort of getting into character, I guess, and yeah. picking out how she was going to be in it. And it must be great, though. To, if you're, if you're an act, a legitimate, serious actor and you get to go into a film where they just say, just be a dick. Well, for <laughs> yeah. essentially the whole film and you can do like a real I kind of hearing Bradley Cooper somewhere yeah. <laughs> but not that kind of dick um, but Too yeah much. we uh, yeah it must be fun to, to go in there and just essentially play a caricature it doesn't have to be anything serious about what you're doing it, I suppose the hard part of that would be if you are the actor you you, you can't really you, I would make myself laugh if I was trying to play what you're saying essentially she's trying to be a porn yeah. star yeah, um, I, you'd, you'd you kind of laugh at that. I'd be in my own head the whole time. I just wouldn't be able to like get a sentence out, but the, for them to be able to switch off and be able to do it is pretty impressive. One, one of the other facts that I've got, so apparently the concept of Scott Pilgrim, according to Brian Leo Malley, is around two premises. Did you know anything about why? No, I'm still Scott actually Pilgrim. wounded that I got his name wrong. I said Brendan. So he made it on the idea of what if after a life of playing fighting games someone confronted you and you actually had the ability to fight like a street fighter character so that's premise one and the second concept is that when he was dating his now wife um hope larson um he learned that she had dated three different guys also named matthew um so o'malley came up with the idea of a league of matthews um, this idea <laughs> developed into the League of Evil Exes in the film, and Matthew Patel is the only Evil X. That's the guy we were mentioning earlier. That's the secret yeah. naughty Londoner that's managed to get into this film. Yeah. Um, that he's the only one that he's kept as a Matthew, just as a reference to it that. Would be a bit weird if they were all called Matthew, especially yeah. the girl. Yeah, maybe she just got a thing for Matthews. Like, I, I don't know. That's a bit of a weird. I suppose it'd be easy though, because you wouldn't have to ever, like if you had you know distant friends, you wouldn't really have to tell them you'd change boyfriends. I was thinking more if uh, she went quite into him first couple of dates and then ended up saying Matthew in certain places. Um, oh yeah, kind of get away with that a little bit. <laughs> oh yes, Matthew. Uh, oh yeah. Oh never yeah. know. Never know. Okay, I'll keep some of these other facts in case we go past them. But is there what else you want to talk about? Because we were kind of in the general sense of this. This film is just like a, a homage to, like you were saying, the bombs, like the the Mario stuff is like it's like a homage like video games as well and it? it's just oh, it's yeah, brilliant man. the amount of comic book video game stuff you get in this at the, at the risk of kind of being over dramatic and over analytical this isn't really a film if you think about it in in many ways because it's, it's a total kind of stylistic mashup of film comic books kind of uh, nerdy subculture and you get a seinfeld transition and, at one point yeah <laughs> like... and it's the whole like, the annotations and stuff so when, when he yeah. beats people in, in a fight you get kind of like boss battle annotate you know so like, level up he's yeah, multipliers he, when he kills I, I'm, I'm saying it when he yeah. when he kills or when chris evans's character meets his demise you see it distantly kind of on the horizon because he bails out of a really long grindy thingy as yeah. i think because he's a, a skater as well um but you see like an explosion and then like a three thousand i think it says three thousand yeah. like a score um, and he gets coins as well yeah and when yeah. he's yeah when he's killing people there's no bloodbath um there's just you know they evaporate into a, uh, a cloud of coins which is um ruthless sellout bandmates then collect near the end there's actually part of that stylistic sort of way of of Edgar Wright making this film. You know the uh, the swearing where Aubrey Plaza's character's just like, it's really direct. <laughs> and obviously the, all the swears are bleeped because she's clearly effing it and jeffing it all the yeah, way yeah, through. Yeah. Um, 
so it like it actually puts the black box but there's a point where he actually goes what's what's that in front of your mouth and yeah, yeah. she like references it but she swears at him again so it comes up again but apparently yeah. that was done because as it's a 15 you can only say fuck once yeah that's and, weird don't you think and because i don't know if they actually used it but what i'd read somewhere is because he says um to one of the characters we're going to actually talk about one of the evil exes he calls him a cocky cock before he starts his fight with him yeah. apparently calling him a cock is fine but calling him a cocky cock the word cock is classed as a swear in like the american sort of you know how, how they police this stuff so censorship yeah. so they couldn't actually use any of those f words anyway yeah. And that's why they did that as a stylistic choice, which works anyway, because it's funny. I just thought, you know, the movie's that old now, 11 years. Yeah. Came out yeah. in 2010. Yeah, yeah. Um, That I thought, can I nick this for if, you know, if I ever swear in a video? Yeah, yeah. Because I censor stuff now, but it's not it's, it's not quite as cool as the way they do it in the film. This is, this is where you, like, rip, isn't it? You, you haven't dropped one yet, but maybe. I swear, not like fart. <laughs> I actually did a little, like, three minutes in, but you didn't notice. No. Thought it might be in there, the uh, the food item that I brought this week, which we'll get onto in a second, <laughs> but it's not. Yeah, I mean, like the video game stuff. Apparently, a guy like had to ask um, Nintendo for like the, the the most heavily sort of prevalent noise is that you can hear in it are from Zelda. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. like most of them, it's like the the chest opening up stuff yeah. and all, all that kind of stuff. So he had to ask for it, and he called the Zelda sound effects the nursery rhyme of his generation um but then they also use like sega stuff as well because it's like the, the street fighter things there's a couple of sonic in the nightclub where she's she's fighting one of her exes where she she helps him all of the sound effects are like redubbed like sonic like with with music i, I just love it i think it, i think it's a brilliant idea um, it sounds the way we're talking about it makes it sound terrible but it's executed so well yes that it's um it's not i saw a few of the um, at the time, actually, I remember it being critically. It was generally favorably uh, reviewed, but there were a lot of kind of prevalent film critics that said it was bad, and a lot of them were kind of using this uh, this idea that because it's. I, I remember one of them saying, "You get the feeling that Scott Pilgrim can't die. It could just rewind and you start again like a video game." Yeah, but the, it's the, like, they don't get it. Yeah, that's the, exactly that's it. the whole point. Is that it's supposed to be. Not only is it inspired by like video game culture and you know um, alternative music and stuff like that, it occupies this universe in which you know it's that's what makes it entertaining. You yeah. know, it's um, it's it's no less believable than Fast and Furious Twelve or whatever. They're not jumping between the Burj Khalifa, put it that way. Just um, no, uh, you're killing people and they dissolve into coins, <laughs> which, which is more realistic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right, okay, I think that's a uh, potentially enough waffle. <laughs> I mean, before we jump into the actual food scene, there is, um, it's not really a food, but we've mentioned drinks before. Um, so there is a bit to do with tea in this. Just thought I'd get your uh, say before we jump into the main scene, which is very short, which is why we're beating around the bush. <laughs> so yeah, Ramona Flowers, um, they go around to her house when he first starts dating her. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, she uh, offers him tea, but um, basically you've got blueberry, raspberry, ginseng, sleepy time, apparently. Uh, green tea, green tea with lemon, which is, uh, I'm sure you've probably used maybe in the past with your gym going I've been drinking uh, green uh, peach flavor, well, allegedly peach flavor green tea quite a lot. Well, not so much this week, but last week when I had a, a week off and I had to just get my shit together because I'd eaten too much. Started to gain a little weight. I basically didn't eat much at all. For like, probably I ate like 3,000 calories for the whole week. 
But I drank a lot of peach green tea. It really just, it was green tea that smelled a bit like pot. I always find that it smells like it when they mix green tea with something, but it doesn't actually taste like it. Because they've got here, they've got like green tea with lemon and honey, which is meant to be good if you've got bad throat. Uh, one called liver disaster which I'm a bit worried about ginger with honey which I've had before ginger without honey, vanilla almond white truffle which sounds quite interesting blueberry, chamomile vanilla walnut and uh, one that says constant comment and earl grey to which Scott replies did you make some of those up Uh, because a few of them do (laughs) sound a bit made up um, but yeah, I just thought I'd throw it in there. It's not really anything to. I don't know. Do you want to she does have for a, a second. She, I mean, I think it's just to support the, the plot devices that just makes her out to be a bit um, of a free spirit. She's single minded. She's a bit different to people, right? Alternative. Yeah, well, yeah. As the kids say. She's got what. I mean, as if you didn't know this, she, she's got like pink hair, then blue hair, and green hair. Yeah. She apparently is also based on some of the princesses from Zelda, apparently. Did you not speak? I mean, we keep going off on tangents here. I'm no, not going to stop. Tangent. Did you know that Robin Williams, rest his soul, yeah, um, his daughter was um, was named after was named Zelda after yeah, yeah. Legend of Zelda. Yeah, she did that advert, didn't she? Um, did she? Even not long after he'd passed, or he might, I can't remember whether he was in it or whether it was after he passed. A few years later, she did a Nintendo advert, like advertising like a Nintendo DS with a Zelda game. Did it she? was like Zelda playing Zelda. Ah, uh-huh. I didn't yeah. know that. I just knew the fact about her being called Zelda. Yeah, I, I think it. I found out about that around the time he passed. How like, fucking you know, good was did you, news. Did you ever play Ocarina of Time? The, the... Uh, yeah, a little bit as a kid, but I think I was a bit too young to get it. I love that, I mean. man. Like... You jump on the horse, you go go around, you beat <laughs> shit out of Ganondorf fr- at the end. Throwing chickens It's yeah. <laughs> about my level at that point. I was a bit young. Um, I, need to, I still need to... Uh, this is going to be quite bad for anyone. I've got a Nintendo Switch, but I haven't played Breath of the Wild yet, so I need to get that. I've been trying to you're, get like, You're deal. far too old to have a Nintendo Switch. Those things in market, they're like fucking six-year-olds. It's got Zelda on it. And? Well, that's not, get that's a grip. Game, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we will move to the first food scene. <laughs> A bit hurt by that comment. I still play video games. I'm like Scott Pilgrim. I've got a PS5. I've got a Nintendo Switch. I, yeah, I just, I'm t- talking about the, the. I mean, you can play a little Xbox, maybe. I just feel like Nintendo. That's marketed towards kids, man. A bit of Smash Bros. You know, classic game. Smash Bros. That sounds like. You ever played something else? Come on, you must have played something. The fighting game where it's like you can be Mario no. or Zelda or Pikachu or like any Nintendo character and it's like super competitive. There's like leagues and people win stupid amounts of money in like I don't, Japan and stuff. Mate, I barely have time to, to touch myself at night. I, I'm, I'm so busy these days. So it's, no, I don't, I've not played this game. Oh dear. Right, well, um, if you hadn't have guessed by the intro, we are talking about that very, very short, it's actually 17 seconds, believe it or not, famous movie scene. <laughs> it is an enduring, it's an enduring line though. It is, because it, um, it's, it's, it's all over Reddit, there's memes of it, yeah, yeah. there's slowed down versions of it on video, there's bits where it slows down his like final reaction to it, there's people that have like gone off and like i've seen reddit forums where people have gone does garlic bread really make you fat and then everyone's been talking about like it's created this whole way like there's quite a lot in scott pilgrim that makes that's gone off into its own little thing on the internet like because you can like you were saying because the way that it's put together there's loads of little bits that you can pull out of it and there's loads of memes and gifs and like you know you can go to town on like looking for a gif for scott pilgrim if you wanted to but this scene it's just it's just well orchestrated. It's awkward in the sense because he's trying to have that like first date night 
yeah. and trying to impress her. And he makes like of all the things that he's going to make, he makes a, a garlic bread because it's his favorite food in the entire yeah, man, world. He would have he would have had uh, Mrs. Beard tied <laughs> up if he'd done that with her. Make it, making it from scratch as well. I mean, I um, look, guys. Um, it's been a few weeks. If any of you new listeners have heard that we have had food on the podcast, sometimes we can't obtain said food, but I have managed to get because obviously it's, it's garlic bread. For, I mean, if we don't like, did you hear that? Did, did you need to slam it on the desk? Yeah, well, it's just for you know, it's ASMR is all. It's been dramatic some, effect. It's still quite warm. I've done pretty well with this, so um, it's just a bit of tin foil there. So we've got some garlic bread, and unfortunately, Beard will not be partaking in the garlic bread. No, I'm fasting. Um, There's nothing more hectic sounding than foil, though. That is not ASMR. That's like the opposite. I do not. It sounds. You could imagine it's like a Five Guys rap or something. Like. No. I mean, we're talking garlic bread. So Beard's not seen the, the garlic bread of choice, but I think Scott Pilgrim would have made something very similar to this particular. He would have bread. made focaccia garlic bread. Yeah, to I, like well, I impress. Think, yeah, yeah, I think so. Because it's impressive, isn't it? It's not like this. Um, you know, other supermarket chains are available, but um, this is a, a be be good to yourself Sainsbury's. You love Sainsbury's, bread. don't you? I'd, you feel like just, it's a little it's treat just, when you go uh, in well, there. You're gonna upgrade to Waitrose one I had day. To, I had to, you know, <laughs> nip in get get some stuff for me for me cats, and then I was like, I'm gonna nip into Sainsbury's because pet shops next next door, and I'll get, I'll get my garlic bread there. Yeah, we're the gonna cook it here, but I've I've cooked it, I've pre cooked it. The film so fellow's got go. a collection of bonnets. He puts uh, bonnets <laughs> on his cat. Um, he's got many, many of them. Yeah, it, I'm, I'm going to tell you, it looks like good garlic bread. Yeah, it's got um, it's got a bit of thyme on it. Some nice garlic butter. Um, I mean, I will have a slice in a minute, but we'll just talk about um, you know, we'll talk about garlic bread for a bit. So, beard being the expert on all things food. Yeah, will garlic bread make you fat? No, actually, this, this did make me. Uh, <laughs> this, I mean, I've got a bit of a thing for uh, Ramona Flowers. I think, um, played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Who actually me and uh, I don't want to sound like some kind of lecherous old man, but Lindsay and I were, t- we were talking about we got a little drunk in uh, in Liverpool a, f- a few weeks ago, and uh, we were talking about like you know when you have those lists, like if you meet a famous person, like your your partner, like your life partner is allowed to give you a pass to spend one night of passion. I, with- I, I'm terrified if if my missus ever sees Tom Holland, I'm, I'm screwed. Yeah. <laughs> well, you could give her a pass, right? So in my, I think in my top five, Mary Elizabeth Winstead is in there. But she would probably have to be like in 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 full costume and stuff. Anyway, what what I was trying to get <laughs> what I was trying to get is I I'm a little disappointed though because she she perpetuates the myth of uh, carbohydrates being bad. Garlic bread will make you fat. Nope. What will make you fat is eating in a consistent chronic calorie surplus, not carbohydrates. Carbohydrates are your body's preferred energy source. Nothing wrong with garlic bread. Just enjoy it in moderation. Garlic bread. Is that how you end any 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 facts that you ever give about garlic bread has to end with that? Yeah, why not? Yeah, well, um, well, in that case, I mean, I'll I'll probably I'll partake. It's a bit soggy because obviously I've had to transport it here from no, it, from my abode to uh, Beard HQ. So that, it looks can, nice. It's can can live, soggy. Can live vicariously through me, Beard. So I'm just. I'm gonna enjoying the smell. Get nice and close to the mic, man. Can you hear that? Some mouth sounds. Mmm, mmm, yummy, yummy garlic bread. As we all say when we eat this garlic bread here in Yorkshire, <laughs> it looked a bit like you were eating a towel. Then it's not. It's not stood. It looked all right, no, but when no, you bit into it, the consistency it's, it's looked wrong. It's quite warm. Um, I maybe could have done with crisping it up a little bit more in the oven. I will um, partake in some more. I'll probably wait until beard goes off on a tangent, and you'll just hear me chewing away on some garlic bread. Um, but yeah, I imagine that's quite similar. I mean, obviously, I've bought it from a package and chucked it in the oven for like twelve minutes, but I'm sure. 
Um, our, our man Scott would have made uh, fantastic. I mean, you, you have to really, it's Ramona Flowers, you have to. I don't think he doesn't look like he's got his shit together enough to make garlic bread from scratch. He's probably just got, knowing him, he's probably just ordered some decent garlic bread and passed it off as his own. I don't know, you can see him chopping up like some garlic. Okay. Yeah, when he's talking to Wallace before he leaves, he looks like he's crushing some garlic. You see how much we're stretching this scene out on just for his uh, intended purpose on the con- on the uh, on the podcast. Well, it's it's really at this point more of a film podcast than than food. Yeah. I mean, but look, we, we by the way, before someone like comes at us on Twitter, one of our newfound friends, and says, "I can't believe you're not doing Godfather or something like that, or something a bit more iconic and like you know broody and the big food scene." We've got to do some of these. These exist. They exist. Any, Other any, people have done them. We have to. <laughs> any film in which food is consumed. Yeah. is going to be discussed at some point yeah, on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, we're going to have to. At least in some, even even this being 17 seconds, it's still got some dialogue around it. It's not like we're just... Plus it's garlic bread. And Yeah, I mean, yeah, I waiting think for it. I'm in love with the girl who likes uh, garlic bread. We're going to get some full-on acapella. We're going to get sued by your set. Yeah, yeah, it's some sort of thing. It's all right, me, me and that. <laughs> if we're going to be sued by anyone, it'd be by uh, Mystery Jets who wrote the original, and I'm tight with... with uh, Oh, shit, what's, his, for that, what, what's his name? Uh, Bla- uh, Blake. Blaine? Fuck, I forgot. Oh, but yeah, I, I dropped him a message. <laughs> it, it turned out he watched my videos. He's like, yeah, man, I love your videos. But, but go, go nuts and cover it. And I thought, that's incredible. <laughs> I remember being like 22, pissed out of my skull, Fab Cafe, dancing around like some kind of apoplectic T-Rex, <laughs> that arms flailing all over the place to that song. And then, you know, 10 years later, he's like, me he use it. Destroying it for garlic bread. <laughs> yeah. It was on Radio 1. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and moving on. <laughs> um, I mean, we, we can kind of talk a little bit, I guess, about his date. Do you want to talk about that a little bit, just to round this scene out? Because we've kind of yeah, beaten garlic bread to I death. I feel like, it, sp- speaking of date... I'm, like, I'm just going to have a munch on... Yeah, on you, I'm going to pretend I'm on the date. You can uh, you can keep telling people about... Yeah, well, I mean, he, he, the, the way that the, one of the funniest parts, I think, of this is this film is how he actually convinces Ramona Flowers, who is, by the way, massively out of his league. It's, it, 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 oh, 100%. It, it, it plays on that in the film. But the, it, Scott Pilgrim is like the most awkward, I suppose, non-confident person on, on, on planet Earth. He somehow manages to, 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 uh, to charm Ramona Flowers. Into... We were saying this off air, weren't we, that he's just somehow... Magic. Sorry, I was. I'm trying not to You're give too out, many you? mouth sounds. I'm sort of fading in and out here. But he um, he manages to pull just people that they are out of his league. <laughs> He's got a right polite. back of worldies, man. Yeah. Brie Larson on the one and Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I don't know who that actually, Kelly Wong is. It. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll double check while you keep talking. Man, he's got he's got it made. Uh, yeah, I mean, but yeah. The, are you just going to stop podcasting now and eat garlic bread? You're done with the driving yes. force and you just sat, <laughs> sat back there like a fat ass eating your garlic Ellen bread. Wong. Ellen Wong, who plays uh, Knives Chow, who's the, the 17-year-old, the high school girlfriend that you were talking about earlier. Yeah. She, um... She, you can... Man. Can you just, like, <laughs> get your game face on here? I'm not watching you. I'm not I coming here to watch excited, you eat garlic like, bread. I was brought some food with me. I've, I've not had any tea. I was just... <laughs> yeah, but his, also his date is appalling, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's not great. They, they go walking in the, in the snow. He's in... He, obviously, they're in Canada. It's freezing cold. And, uh... Ramona remarks on it being like, I don't know, minus 12 in the middle of April. Yeah, because she's American, as as is pointed out earlier on in the film. <laughs> yeah. Which made me, they, they mentioned that a few times, it made me think of that song by 1975 called She's American. Oh, I, I've listened to him, but not that much to, to oh, know. So, well, it's a great song. It's a funky <laughs> tune. But um, yeah, and then it, 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 it comes back and 
somehow his um his nerdy charm manages to get her in in bed. Although they they, they don't actually um perform coitus. It, it doesn't. It doesn't for coitus. Sorry, sir. <laughs> A bit scientific. I didn't want to say that. You know, they they get, they didn't get, bang. They didn't. <laughs> yeah, they didn't go to blast town. Blast town. Yeah, I can't believe you went from coitus to blast town. <laughs> There's probably a middle ground. They didn't make love, you know. They didn't do, you know. They didn't know have the beast with two backs next or something like that from you. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he doesn't do that in the entire film. Actually, come to think of it, isn't it implied that they kind of get it on a bit near the end? Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's severely implied. <laughs> they probably did at some point. You'd like to think so. Um, also, there's like that comment about him uh, because he's come out because he's that whole thing about like he's come out of that Brie Larson relationship. Um, yeah, and he's it's Bill Hader does the like I mentioned before as the narrator in this at times like he's in the um, cast listing. It's the voice mm. apparently. Um, like that awful TV show with Tom yeah, Jones. <laughs> not like the awful TV show. <laughs> Thank God. Um, he basically, like every time he says something to her, his internal monologue says something completely different. It's Bill yeah. Hader, but it's not about the fact that he's like, he's not confident on the date or whatever. Um, he hadn't had a haircut for ages. Um, and that it's because since he broke up, well, she broke up with him. Because like he says he broke up with her, but his internal monologue goes, it's the other way around. Yeah. Like contradicts him at every turn. It was a mutual thing. It yeah. wasn't. Yeah, 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 pretty much. We're all good now. Yeah, um, once it says, it says, no, it was brutal. It was yeah. brutal. <laughs> uh, but that that is basically the scene. So 17 seconds of the uh, the now infamous, um, you heard it at the beginning of this podcast. I'm not going to go through it, but the uh, bread makes you fat <laughs> comment. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I love garlic bread. I could eat it forever. But you get fat. Why would I get fat? Bread makes you fat. Bread makes you fat. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much it. He's just, he's just done the full thing again. I could have clicked it again if I wanted to. Well, but just input, some, some people might skip the clip at the beginning. <laughs> Why would you do that? That's the best part of our entire podcast. <laughs> the only good part of it. Uh, right. So we talk about one other scene that we'd forgotten about until we actually both met up and we're about to record this podcast. And we're like, you know what? We should probably talk about that one because it does mention a very, very prevalent part of food culture, I guess, in, uh, well, modern society at the moment. Should we do that? You know what I'm yeah. talking about. You're but, lost. <laughs> no, I just I was thinking about eating the garlic bread like you were, but yeah, no, no go ahead. <laughs> it's, it's slowly getting tempted into coming out of the fast for a slice of garlic bread, is that what it is? <laughs> right, we'll move on to the next bit and then we'll wrap this up. Freeze, vegan police! <laughs> You're under arrest for beginning violation 22. Actually, it's code number 827, oh, right. imbiding of half and half. <laughs> <laughs> That's bull raw, apparently, according to uh, Todd Ingram, who is played by uh, Brandon Ralph. Yeah. Um, yeah, just this, there isn't really any, well, there's the half and half, but there isn't actually any any food in this scene. But um, I was talking to one of my friends earlier, um, John Wall. Hi, honey, if he does listen. He... Um, you were on familiar I was, I was, terms. I wasn't, you call him Honey. I, no, his his, um, his musician honey. name is Hi Honey. So um, I had him on my, my previous me. podcast. So I was just saying, I wasn't just going Hi Honey, but you know, <laughs> it sounded like that's like, what you did. Yeah, did. I, I know. I, I saw as soon as I said it, I was like, he doesn't know what I'm doing here. Um, but I don't think he listens anyway. But if he does, he was we're messaging early. He's obsessed. He can quote this film. He's one of those people that can quote like any film, like comedies, like early two thousands stuff. He can just line by line. Bill and Ted, for like example, like a useless Rain Man. Yes, for, for weird Euro trip, <laughs> Bill and Ted, that kind of stuff. And he just kept sending me quotes from this yeah. scene. He was like, "Do this one," because he, he my, my friend, is actually a vegetarian, so he's kind of close to this. Yeah, no, <laughs> beard meats food. It's kind of implied in it. 
Um, but the, the quote of Gelato isn't vegan. It's milk and eggs, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> we sh- should we give some context to this scene? Yes, go on. You do the so, context. I'm going to chew on this last bit of garlic. Yeah, you, yeah I thought you might be. When you're so making your way through that, soggy, like, yeah. it's, yeah. it's a garlic bread eating contest or something. <laughs> yeah, so let me do a quick recap of the... Because we, it's my fault. We, we we tend no, it's not my fault. It's your fault. We we ramble a lot through these things. At this point in the film, Scott has defeated most of the evil exes um, in fights and stuff, video game style fights. Um, and he, he he comes across one played by Brendan Ruth Routh. Brendan Ralph. You enjoying that still? Yeah. Yeah, it's in my mouth. Yeah, Brandon Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he's not in my mouth, the garlic bread is. <laughs> Just to clarify. Correct, yeah. We don't have him like tied up like some kind of gimp at <laughs> HQ, forcing him to do things. Pulp Fiction with first episode with gimp. Yeah. Um, anyway, he's a super-powered... They get progressively... Like bosses in video games, they get progressively harder to beat. Um, and he's kind of super-powered because he's a vegan, which is, a, I think, a hilarious bit of social critique from the, the bloke that wrote the comic because... Um, he plays off on the fact that vegans think they're better than everyone, right? It's like, it's like he got in really early with that joke as well, because did, I don't yeah. really... I didn't... I, you know, ask me back in 2010 what a vegan war, what a vegan war. I probably wouldn't have been able to give you as accurate an answer as I do now. Yeah. But anyway, he's, he's like super powered. He can shoot fucking lasers from his eyes and stuff. Um, he's got psychic powers. Yeah, psychic. He's, they just give him a bunch of superpowers, right? Yeah. But in it, so he's, he's kicking Scott's ass, right? This is the hardest battle he's had so far. Um, because you know the guy's vegan superpowered, and um, yeah, the the way that Scott tricks him is to um, to put half and half, which is um, I don't know why they call it this. Is but it semi skimmed? It's a mixture of uh, cream? heavy cream and skimmed milk. I think. Like, why Did the you fuck would you make? Here? I don't think so. Well, I mean, why would you? It's pointless. Yeah, it's straight. Yeah, either weird. go with the cream or go with the semi skimmed. You wouldn't want like all the calories of the cream and then oh, a little bit of the non flavor of semi skimmed milk. Diety. I guess. Anyway, whatever it is, it's a, it's a, an animal byproduct. Um, so, uh, yeah, he drinks it, and then the vegan police smash through the wall. The main vegan cop is played by um, Thomas Jane uh, of Punisher fame. That wasn't supposed to rhyme, but it did. Um, you look like you're having some kind of intestinal issues, now. have you eaten too much garlic bread? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's repeating on me, but oh you my, keep going. Like, <laughs> slack, Jesus. Um, so, yeah, he um, they revoke his vegan superpowers <laughs> while making a couple of jokes about um uh you know veganism um and uh yeah he asks he, well he asks don't he um during this uh, encounter it's like it's my only offense uh don't i get free strikes uh, by the way I'm, this is coming from imdb i'm not rain man um to which the vegan police officer goes take it and tells the other vegan police officer to to sort of write him up on the other past <laughs> um you know demeanors that he's had misdemeanors so, yeah, misdemeanors even. So on on his notepad, he whips out. It's twelve forty seven on February first. You knowingly ingested gelato. To which uh, Todd Ingram goes, "Gelato isn't vegan." Which, as I mentioned, it's a milk eggs, bitch. Yeah, and then still reading on April fourth, which is my birthday, by the way. Hint, hint. Seven seven thirty p.m. You partook in a plate of chicken parmesan, and everyone gasps like around. <laughs> Chicken's not vegan. <laughs> yeah, but it's like a proper uh, feeble. Like he knows it's. He knows it's the gig. Yeah. The jig is up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and he's been done for the half and half. Before that, he has the um, the bass off, doesn't he? As well, because he's the uh, bass player of the of Scott's ex's band called the Clash at Demonhead. Yeah. Which I thought was a strange name for a band. It yeah. sounds like uh, it sounds like a live LP of a Clash gig. Like yeah, Demonhead was the place. Yeah, yeah. The Clash were playing. Yeah, it does. Sadly it's not. 
there's the other line as well where Scott's asking him like oh, like <laughs> you know when you know when people these days are like act as if veganism is like I mean I'd find it difficult because I'm a bit shit with eating my veg and stuff, so I'd probably wither and die more than they already look, according to you, as you keep ribbing me. Um, so if I if I didn't eat like meat or any carbs, I'd be kind of screwed or any like animal byproduct or whatever. So Scott turns around to me and goes, you're kidding, anyone could be vegan, to which Todd replies, over-lacto-vegetarian, maybe. And everyone's like, what, over-what? So his reply is, I partake not in the meat, nor the breast milk, nor the ovum of any creature with a face. Yeah. It's just like uh okay. Like just he gets chill. a bit biblical though, doesn't yeah, he? Partake just, of the yeah, not not, yeah, not on just, the Considering that he's got like zero intelligence really, because it's highlighted by the fact that he like he smacks the highlights out of knives chow. <laughs> um he like bitch slaps her when she's she's just like ogling over um Scott's ex. Yeah, yeah. Um, like so he has a, no, like he a fan sort of thing. Proudly proclaims that he would have no problem hitting a girl. <laughs> yeah. Not unlike Bradley Cooper from Burnt a few weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was it? We're developing a theme. <laughs> See? Yeah. Uh, yeah, just just a really great scene. And uh, yeah, I thought, thought you might have bashed vegans a bit more on this. Than no, well, done. you know what I would uh, say? When, when people ask me about veganism, and I, I get the feeling if people are listening, they're probably wondering... I actually have no, I have no issue with veganism. The problem I have with it, if you'll allow me the indulgence for a minute oh, or two, go right ahead. Is that vegan? I, I could, to be honest, like when I'm, when I'm not shooting videos and stuff, the majority of the time I really don't eat much meat. I, I eat a lot of fish. To be to be fair, yeah. which you know doesn't make me a vegan or anything. What does that make you a pescatarian? Pescatarian, yeah. Um, but like I, I could totally go vegetarian easily because it would still allow you kind of uh, animal bread, byproducts, milk, dairy stuff like that. I probably could go vegan. Uh, I wouldn't want to because I enjoy meat, right? But I could, uh, and it wouldn't be at the detriment of my health because I know enough about nutrition to pick up the spares. The problem I have with veganism is people look at it as like it's healthier than like a, a norm, normal omnivorous uh, yeah. uh, diet. It's not because most people who don't, you know, like me, meticulously track all their food and, and, and consumption of things, um, people that just have day-to-day jobs and stuff, I'm getting my soapbox here. They're going to be going at like Greg's and shit like that, or they're just going to be picking stuff up on the go. And it's great that, you know, places like KFC and stuff offer vegan uh, alternatives now, but they're going to be shit. And most vegans I know are what you call, quotes, junk food vegans. So they'll be eating fucking Oreos just because they're vegan. Mm -hmm. So I don't like this narrative that veganism makes you healthier. Ideally, in an ideal world, it should make you eat more fruits and vegetables, which can only be a good thing. But do not make the assumption that it is universally good because meats and uh, animal byproducts have a lot of good things in there for you, which most people need. And if you omit them from your diet, then you're going to be in big trouble if you don't know what you're doing with supplementation. Wow. <laughs> Knowledge bomb. I just got my soul big, box about veganism. I, I was going to say, so like in short, basically what you're suggesting is that people uh, on you know following a vegan diet not all but we're not saying all of you if there's any fans but what you're saying is is some people may be missing out on vital nutrients that they, yeah. they could be getting or Think they can it. still do it by by being a vegan it's just that the, you know some people might not be meticulous in checking yeah you need to you, do your research man what you're gonna be missing yeah. out on and um, even think about just not not kind of micronutrients. Think about macronutrients, like where you're getting your protein from. If if you're a vegan, if so, if you do any kind of performance activity mm. like exercise or or anything like that, play a sport, you, you you need to repair. You need protein for repair. Where do you get it from? I'm not saying you can't get it, but a lot of people, you know, might be pricing themselves up. But if I'm not, I, I really don't. Yeah. I might make a couple of jibes about vegans <laughs> just for a bit of a laugh on my videos. But if you do it for moral reasons, ethical reasons, I'm no problem with that. Just make sure you know what you're doing. 
we got all serious then. Yeah, wow. I mean, we, we have kind of stretched out a 17-second clip about garlic bread into a full episode, so we had to, I had to, I had to, I had to prod you into <laughs> a soapbox-type speech. <laughs> Speaking of, while we're on the topic of um, slightly mentioned exercise, there, one factoid that I did, a little bit of trivia for you, that uh, this is apparently a direct quote from Brie Larson. Let me see if I can whip it out here. Uh, uh, the quote, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, the the quote. Yeah, yeah. Um, what did I get? Here it is. Yeah. So Michael Sarah committed to working out for the part so that the fight scenes would seem more realistic. This earned him the nickname on set, the Push Up King, because of how <laughs> muscular he became. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which I mean, I'm I'm not criticizing Michael Sarah. Don't get me wrong, but he makes me look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. The dude must weigh like six stone, wet through. He's got arms but smaller than yours. Yours are like a wet. Out, co- yours are like a wet cooked pot noodle. Lovely. Thanks for that. I can't wait for the fucking comments that we get from back of that. Cheers, pal. I've been working out. I've been. I've been working out. I've got PT. I. I, I do gyms. Oh, right. I do gyms too. You know. If you say so. <laughs> but I thought it was. It's, it's a good commitment that he, he thought he would work out for the part. But it, yeah, it doesn't really show much. I love his hair in this. He keeps. He bashes his own hair a lot in this film. Yeah. But I love it. I wish I had that kind of texture in my hair. Mine's like really straight. Anyway, <laughs> what were we talking about? <laughs> so we were talking about vegans, and then you started talking about hair. I mean, the other food, this isn't part of that scene, but just, just to mention it, because someone might go, oh, yeah, I forgot about this bit of food, or whatever. Like, there's some really tasty... Is it the wheel stone rate? <laughs> the wheel stone rate? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got no fans. fans. <laughs> uh, you know, if anyone points out, well, you missed the bacon. Well, yeah, it's not a significant scene. He gets shoved some bacon in his face. It looks pretty crispy. It looks pretty good. I'd eat it. you probably eat it. We've mentioned it now. When when does that happen? Um, it's when he wakes up when after the first time. I think it's after the Chris Evans bit where he's trying to tell him that he needs to tell her. Um, Wallace is trying to tell him that you need to tell Ramona that you love her, and he goes lesbians. Uh, oh man! Doing the thing. I had so many. There's so many great lines in this <laughs> film because he that he gets confused, doesn't he? Because yeah. he says you need to tell Ramona the L word. He yeah. means love, and uh, Scott Pilgrim says lesbians, and then later in the film. When he wants to make his big dramatic declaration of love for her, he says, Ramona, I'm in lesbians with you. And she's like, what? <laughs> of course he means I'm in love with you. But there are like a bunch of lines like that. I, like The one that absolutely creases me every time is whenever he gets into a, a, a kind of an awkward social situation, there yeah. are a couple of times when it kind of flashes into his skull and it does like a kind of a Wheel of Fortune style yeah, thing yeah, yeah, yeah. with his potential responses. <laughs> oh, and there's a time when, it, when There's a time when it, say, it gets stuck between I got to pee yep. and um, something like I just met her or something and then he, his response is I got to pee on her. It's <laughs> the two mixed up. That yeah, I do love correct. that. I also like the fact that um, Throughout, he um, he gets he just uses the term like you know because it's all like all all the terminology is like it's cool, it's it's awesome, it's rad, yeah. it, like that that they are words that are used a lot over and over and over again in it. He uses um, for the email that he gets off Patel at the beginning. It's just like this is boring, this is boring. He's like deletes it, like which is like pretty much what a lot of people do with like it's just like an inner monologue that a lot of people do when they're looking at emails. But he just goes yeah. boring, boring, and just gets rid of it, even though it's clearly like a threatening email that's very specific about. It ramps up attention, doesn't it? Because you're getting flashes on the screen. It says "battle to the death," yeah, yeah. and there's like a crescendo of like uh, strings playing. It's like, yeah, 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 and you think he's gonna say, "Oh my god, I'm gonna get killed." He goes, "This boring. is this is this is boring." Delete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's got a weird. 
ebb and flow to it as this film, but it's on purpose. So all those people that you were saying that reviewed it badly back in the day just clearly didn't get this what is like going at. we haven't really talked much about the filmmaking devices, but like Edgar Wright, if you were in any kind of filmmaking, like say from from home movies, like up to even if you do like amateur, you know, films and stuff, you'll love Edgar Wright movies because you see so much of the art in them. Because he's nothing is there's so much the comedy is visual and timing and pacing based. Like if he's not doing something with it, the, there's very rarely points in that film where the camera's static. Yeah. You know, there's like um, he does like a lot of crash zooms and stuff that you actually see a lot. Of, they're really simple devices, and actually after this film, you saw a lot of that being used in YouTube. Yeah. There is really simple transitions that he does, which make it interesting, which you could see people just nick and, and use on uh, on uh, on YouTube. But yeah. I thought we we didn't really do do any technical no, we, discussion. No, we didn't really. But, you know, the thing is, we've only got a limited amount of time. We try and we've literally tried to stuff a very very short bit of food into this one. All you stuffed into to, to you was always fucking garlic bread. <laughs> um, and yeah, we miss pizza as well. There's a lot of a lot of pizza eating in this. They go to a place called Pizza Pizza. We can't not discuss as well. Why in God's name do they all sleep in the same bed? It's like fucking Willy Wonka. <laughs> you've got like four. You've got a, a, a guy. That's a joke in it. Well, I guess yeah. it's a, a joke, but you've got a guy who's um in a relationship with his boyfriend. Yep. And in, in that bed sleeps Michael Sarah. And sometimes I think there's four dudes. There's like a, he has like a free suit. It's just a it's just a joke in it that he's clearly like so down on his luck that he's just sharing a bed with this his, his gay best friend or whatever. I feel got, like, like there was plenty of space in that place. He could yeah. slept separately, You're like in the corner near the PC or something like that, yeah. in a sleeping bag or anywhere, like yeah. a little dog basket or whatever. It's just to make it awkward and, and weird, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, the only thing I was going to mention about the pizza stuff, and it kind of it's annoying because I was going to say there isn't enough places in the UK where you can just grab a slice. Mm. Like an American, you grab a slice. That's not as many. Belgrave not... that we mentioned earlier, you can do. Oh, fuck Belgrave. Yeah, but it's, it's pretentious and expensive. But actually, when I was in uh, said retail chain earlier, they have started doing slices of pizza mm-hmm. as part of their meal deal. So, um, yeah, that was one of my um, sort of things I was going to point out. And uh, yeah, it's pointless. So yeah, I don't think, is there any other food that we've missed? I don't think so. Is there all else you want to talk about? I mean, we could st- we could probably spend another hour talking about Scott Pilgrim if you want. I could talk to, about but... this movie forever, but I'm, yeah, I'm on like 300 calories or something today, so I'm starting to like, see, my posture's suffering. I'm just going to collapse into the mic like, <laughs> Right, okay yeah. then. Um, with that being said, because um, I don't want you to collapse into the mic, because uh, that would be very bad, we will go to the outro. Yes, let's do that. And that is episode nine. Quite appropriate. Having discussed Scott Pilgrim, we have now, as pilgrims, reached the end of our journey. <laughs> what, is this it? The podcast is over now? Or do you mean like this episode? I, well, that, that one was a bit of a catastrophe. So, I mean, if, if nobody comes back, it, I'll, I'll take partial blame. <laughs> <laughs> need you to mention that you're waiting for me again on another video that's like 20 minutes long <laughs> yeah that was right then too yeah pretty impressive there uh, th- those numbers uh, yeah thanks again for everyone that's joined us and i guess if you know someone that wants to listen to us we are available on all podcast platforms all of them every single one i dare you to try and find one that we're not on and if you do um just keep <laughs> somebody it to yourself. keep it to yourself um but yeah if you find us on your favorite podcast provider you only listen to one episode um and you fancy listening to more or you listen to this one that's the first one i don't really know what i'm getting at here but find us follow subscribe listen you'll have a great time or maybe you won't i, I don't know go listen to the inglorious bastards one that was that we fucking peaked there man <laughs> 
You say that every week, which makes it sound like we're getting better progressively. No, because we've gone down quite significantly. <laughs> I think since that, that, that was the peak, and I think it's... Don't listen to him. But um, if you want to give us a review, which would really help. So as I mentioned before, that Apple podcast, we've we've shot up the rankings thanks to all you uh, lovely people listening to us. So we got up to eighth place in TV and films. That's not even a subcategory. That is the head category for TV and film. Um, you I'm can... trying to be excited. I don't really understand too much about podcasts, so... That like sounds charts. good. It's like the music chart. It's like, you know, you know that song that you keep mentioning? Oh, that was number eight too? That's like some kind of fucking sign. Illuminati shit. We that. want to be number eight again next week. So if uh, if you can tell more of your friends <laughs> to, to listen to the podcast. <laughs> and um, if you can, just go on Apple Podcasts. Just, just give us a review. A nice review, though. A five-star review. We won't accept any less. Well, like I said every week, if it's a funny two-star review, I'm happy to read it. Don't do that because <laughs> it'll, it'll tank us. Send 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 us a tweet with your your uh, your two star review. But if you want to give us a real review, give us a nice, lovely five stars. Yeah, can I do a thing again where I um I kind of uh, make a plea for for some engagement on not not for, with me on Twitter with, with the the movie mouthfuls podcast Twitter. I, I don't run that, but uh, if anyone wants to yeah, I wonder who to, runs to, that to suggest <laughs> <laughs> anyone wants to suggest a film that we are, or a movie, same thing, feature film that we um that we cover. Again, I'd I'd like to to see it. We've we've had we've had a couple, so um, I've added them to the list, and uh, we've we've obviously there's quite a lot of very very famous films that we still haven't even got to yet. So if you think, for example, why haven't they done the Godfather scene yet, or the Goodfellas one in prison? We know we're, we're aware of them, but if you think there's one that's a bit more niche that we might not have got, or oh, for example, if one of those is your favourite, so if you really really do want us to do like Goodfellas next episode or whatever, if you let us know, because we're gonna have to strap ourselves in because those films are very long. Send us a barrage, <laughs> an absolute barrage. Of uh, of of pleased to do those, and we'll, and we'll we'll do them. Um, and thank you for the people that have tweeted us and given us suggestions because they have gone on the list, and we will get round to them because we have to. You know, we have to keep making episodes. Yeah, this is like more <laughs> fun for, than making videos for me now. So, like, I, I I have to thank all the people that um have have listened because right? it's a lot, it's a lot. Of, it doesn't sound like fun just being strapped in a ro- strapped in a room, <laughs> been locked in a room with the the film fellow over here um talking nonsense about films. But it's it's actually been quite refreshing for me. I'm I'm is uh, I'm a bit of your vacay time, your downtime between <laughs> between uh, filming where you can my let side loose. hoe. Yeah, you are <laughs> my side hoe. <laughs> I'm, I, I, it's almost like therapy, isn't it? I guess I could, you could I could be like your therapist. Yeah, yeah I suppose <laughs> film therapy, but not like the actual film therapy that they use on people in like Guantanamo. Um, you know, like nice film therapy. We always end up. We go into a tangent. We got a weird into a tangent really in these outros. Yeah, it doesn't. We have to sweep back around. Enough about Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> Let's get back to finishing this show up. Okay, but if you uh, if you do want to tweet us, then or you want to find us, a lot of you have joined the Facebook channel, which is the one that I never thought anyone would really join. So thank you again. Are we doing we're on Instagram? Over, uh, we are on Instagram as well. So we're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you just search for at Movie Mouthfuls, um, Twitter is where I'm probably more prevalent. But I will, I will start posting stuff on Facebook. Cause it seems all of you have gravitated over to Facebook. Nothing wrong with that. I will start sharing on there as well. Um, you can find myself over at the Film Fella underscore if you want to just find out what I'm doing. Usually at the moment, because I haven't really done any of my own what I'm trying to do on, on YouTube under the film fella. If you would like to go check that out, there's some stuff there, but because I haven't done anything yet, I kind of use the film fella on Twitter as my sort of outlet for when I go see films at the moment. So like I did a lot about 
uh, telling people they should go check out the Suicide Squad recently because it's really good. Saw Free Guy last week. So if you want to just find out the inner workings of my brain in regards to film, then you can follow me on there and I will start putting that on YouTube at some point. He's also on the OnlyFans naked <laughs> eating tons of garlic bread. Uh, OnlyFans is getting taken down soon. I don't know. Wrong. Would... They rene- reneged on it. They sussed out that a lot of the revenue comes from adult content, so they're stopping that now. So you <laughs> Was can still that not do it. obvious already? <laughs> yeah, I'm, wait, I'm, I'm banking on that. Like when YouTube starts to tank, I'm going to start doing some erotic stuff. Oh, wow. Stay tuned. Oh, dear. You're letting it all, you're letting all the information go at you on this podcast. So if people don't listen to it, they're missing out on quite a lot of yeah. Beard Meets Food content here. Really. Hey, fuck, is this what it's like in real life? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, beard, um, I'm guessing a lot of you did probably come from, from Beard Mentioners, so you already know about him. But if anyone is listening and have stumbled across because we were on the iTunes chat, woo! Um, beard Meets Food, he's... He's everywhere. He don't like saying it, which is why I'm saying it. I would normally let him say his own socials, but he just, you know, clackety, clackety, clack into... Uh, your, your homework this week is instead of watching my video on Thursday, go watch Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, that that would be. And, and then watch one of my videos if you and want. And let me know what you think about it. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, no, no. <laughs> well, well, well. Uh, yeah, but definitely watch Scott Pilgrim if you've not watched it, or even if you have watched it before, go watch it. That is your homework. Send Indeed. us some quotes. That'd be fun, wouldn't it, if people just start quoting us? I guess um, I was going to mention, so if anyone fancies sending us any questions or you've got anything you want to say or if you want to be on the podcast, if you like, if you have something you want to really mention to us, you can email us at moviemouthfuls at gmail.com. You can also tweet or DM us or whatever. That might be easier, but if you want to be more formal, you can email us. Turns out we've had a couple of emails, Beard. Get the heck out of town. I know, I know, he nearly, <laughs> nearly fell off. I, I actually nearly just did fall off. He, he, tried, to, he tried, tried a bit of acting, tried to pretend like he was going to fall off his chair and nearly did, which is quite entertaining. Um, but yeah, so we got an email this week. You'll, you'll get the reference, by the way. So an email from an app called Wisdom. The guy that emailed me, his name was Jonathan Davis. Do you know why that's significant to me and why it came up in my emails as Jonathan Davis for Movie Mouthfuls? And I was like, no way. And then I clicked on it and obviously it's this guy trying to get us to be a top mentor on wisdom. And I'm just disappointed it's not normal wisdom. No, why why is that that relevant? (laughs) Jonathan Davis is the lead singer of (laughs) Korn. So I was like... No, no, it can't be him. That I would am, be I almost, that. It's quite a, a ubiquitous name, though. Jonathan David. Probably like 30% of the people it's, in the world. It's kind of where my brain just immediately went to, and I was like, oh, is, is this one of the people that watches Beard's channel in secret? And we've now got an email from like the lead the, singer the, of Corn. The guitarist from Cradle of Filth does. What, Danny Filth? Oh, no, Danny Filth's a singer, isn't he? Uh, Richard Shaw. All That's right. his real name, I think. Oh, he watches your videos. Shout out to you, mate, if you're watching. I keep saying to him, like, the next song I do um, at Christmas, I might get him to guest guitar on it. It might be a bit too heavy, though. <laughs> do it. I'd love it. Just do it for me. <laughs> um, speaking of uh, doing it for me, because he hates it when I say this, but if you want to support the podcast, you can oh, no. head over to patreon.com slash moviemouthfuls if you wish to do so. You can give us some English if I, pennies to If I just go onto you... Patreon and I send you 100 quid, will you stop asking people? <laughs> I'm just trying to build a community of, you know, like, uh, you know, they, they help us, we grow and we, we do things and all the money will go If back you want to help podcast. us, get on Twitter and tell us what you want us to watch. That, yeah, I mean, that would help more than anything. But uh, yeah, you know, I'm just trying to be save professional. You, save your pennies to rent Scott Pilgrim. It's on, actually, no, don't, it's on, <laughs> it's Netflix. on Netflix. It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. Netflix subscription. Um, as always, big thanks to Lee for the music on the pod. And uh, before Beard goes to sleep, we will be back very soon with another episode. But until then, remember that bread does not make you fat <laughs> it's uh it's all about how you eat it and uh, how you sort of do all your calories and whatnot as beard said so and yeah. if you get into a, a an awkward social situation and you don't know how to answer a question don't respond 
by telling the person you peed on another person. Yeah, don't do that. That's not great. See you in a bit. We kind of harmonized on that one. Yeah, let's try again. <laughs> See you in a bit. Peace. Fuck, that was long. <laughs> this was be 40, 40 minutes long. Jesus. 17 seconds. <sighs> I'm like a fucking husk. I'm sweating spinal fluid here. <laughs> Hi, I'm Dietrich. I'm Alex. And I'm Ben. We're from the podcast That Song from That Movie, the journey through the very best and worst of movie songs. We want you to join us on our voyage across the cinematic sound waves as we take a deep dive on a new song and movie each week to figure out just what makes them tick. Already we've set sail with Celine Dion on the Titanic, found a friend in Toy Story, and gotten drenched out in the rain with Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Hopefully each breakdown allows us to answer the ultimate question of what's better, the movie or the song. Or at least learn something new along the way. Just like learning that Toy Story 4 is a meaningless cash grab without a soul. You can subscribe right now on all good podcast platforms. If you use one of the bad ones, then that's on you, and we can't be held responsible. Subscribe to That Song from That Movie.